Welcome to No More Mondays, the podcast that helps you navigate career challenges through the wisdom of professionals who have been at the same crossroads. I'm your host, Angie Callen, and I welcome you to join me each week as I chat with leaders, entrepreneurs, and employees who are here to share practical, tactical advice and some inspiration on how they arrived at career satisfaction. From job searching and career changes to going out on your own, we're breaking down barriers and providing actionable takeaways to help you take charge of your Mondays and ditch the Sunday blues. Welcome to the No More Mondays movement. Hello, everybody out there, and welcome to another edition of No More Mondays. I'm your host, Angie Callen. Women in the workforce amaze me, especially those who have figured out how to manage home, work, and kids all at the same time. Today, we are welcoming one of them as Tracy Bingaman comes to the show. She is a multi-passionate woman who loves teaching other busy moms about how to manage their time and money so we can all stop saying, I wish I had the time and money too, dot, dot, dot. She is going to help us all blaze a path to abundance and start controlling our calendars and our finances so we can stop saying I wish and start saying I am. Let's welcome to the show, Tracy Bingaman. Tracy, welcome to No More Mondays. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to dive in. We have never really dug deep into the whole kind of phenomenon of working mom here on No More Mondays, and I'm excited to do that with you for many reasons, notwithstanding the fact that you've carved your own niche in the coaching world, helping moms in this way. So uh, give everybody out there a little bit of background, kind of your elevator pitch, and tell us all a little bit about you. Yeah. So my name is Tracy Bingaman. I am a full-time working mom of five and an entrepreneur. I am a surgery PA by day and by nights, weekends, and early mornings, I coach working moms to find more fulfillment, to create more integration, and to feel like they have more time and more money than they know what to do with. That is a perfect elevator pitch. Everyone out there, Tracy's first lesson she's giving you is what an elevator pitch sounds like. And that was perfect. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, and as there's lots, I've, now I have lots of even questions because I learned something new in that elevator pitch. And I didn't realize that you're actually doing full-time job plus coaching, plus all the family stuff. So you're going to have lots of wisdom for everybody out there who uh, wants to kind of, let's say, start the, even though it's, I don't love the term side hustle and grow that kind of alongside of a career. But I want to know how you got to this point. So how do you manage all the things? Um, what has your experience been like as a working mom? What inspired you to coach? Like, let's go into all of that stuff. My experience as a working mom, I would say, is a typical story that a lot of working mom listeners can likely relate to. I thought that everything was going great. I got married relatively early. I have two wonderful stepsons who we had every other week. We had a baby and then another baby and then another baby. And in that process, I just kept going. And I was so deep in the new motherhood sort of fog that you get in when you first have babies that I didn't step back, pause, or evaluate my life to the point where I ended up in a role in traditional medicine where I had a job where I loved what I was doing, but, and it was a very, very big but, my hours were increasing and increasing and I was being tasked with doing more and more and taking more call and showing up more at work. And my work week went from 40 to 45 to 50 to 55 to an average of 60 hours a week. 
And I only worked Monday to Friday. So that was five, 12 hour days. Those are some long days. And when you have little, little kids, that means you're not spending many waking hours, if any at all. Not enough. Yeah. So as a working parent, those mornings, honestly, I don't think you can really enjoy at all. I haven't figured out how. And evenings when you get home and you get to eat and hear about their day at daycare or with the nanny or with whoever they spend their day with and have bath and bedtime Those are the moments that you cherish as a working parent. And I had ended up in a situation where I was no longer home during that time. And my really little kids were going to bed without me and I was pumping at meetings and I was just beyond exhausted and sick and overwhelmed. And at some point I looked up and said, oh, all of this quote unquote success looks great from the outside looking in and I despise the way that my everyday looks. And I can't be the only working mom who feels like this. Bingo. And that's where one of the things I was actually having this conversation with a client literally two hours ago, and it was all about how, you know, there was this this idea of coaching and helping people, but what wisdom and who am I to coach? And I feel like from the inspiration to start a coaching business, there's a little piece here that's really rooted in your own personal experience and how journeying through something that didn't work for you inspired the idea of helping others take that same journey. Like you said, there have to be other people in this boat. And I'm, I'm guessing it's most working moms are in this boat. Yes. I think working moms are starved for time. We're starved for financial margin. And society has told us that that is the reality we will live in for the next 18 to 25 years after our youngest kid is born. And we're just reinforcing that it's hard and it's so stressful and it's so miserable, but it's so worth it. And what does that even mean if you're not enjoying it now? Like we shouldn't be living our lives for some future reality of fulfillment that's not coming for 25 years. I think that's a great message for moms out there, dads out there, dog parents, for everybody. I think that in general, that's a little bit of a that kind of like martyrdom mentality or wearing the busyness as a badge of honor kind of mentality that we've started to really get into in society. And uh, you don't necessarily like a part of my whole goal is to tell people that that's not necessarily how, how it has to be. And it sounds like you share that perspective. And if that's how you want it to be great, but don't let that be the default setting for your life. It's in your hands to look at what your life is like and ask yourself, is this how I want it to be? And probably more important and more motivating as a parent is the question, is this what I want to model for my children? Do I want my sons and daughters to grow up to think that when you become a parent, your needs and wants and dreams cease to exist and you paused them for two decades? And if the answer is no, then the time to act is now because they are watching you and they are learning from your behavior and you're modeling for them what stressed out and busy and overwhelmed and overworked looks like, or you can model for them what fulfillment and peace and joy and alignment look like. And it is entirely up to you. So tell me a little bit about like the situation of being at that crossroads. So when you arrived at that realization of like, man, this is, I am here and this is not where I want to be. It's not what I want, want to, I want to exhibit for my kids. How did you navigate that part of the journey and decide exactly how to fix it? What practical steps did you take? So I feel like I tried 
everything that I could think of or anyone who would listen to me and give me advice on (laughs) could think of to stay in that position. And I did that because I had boxed myself into thinking that was the only opportunity I would have to ever practice that kind of medicine in that kind of situation. And so I asked for better boundaries. I advocated for myself and my coworkers. I pitched myself to go part-time so I could work three twelves instead of five twelves. And the answer to all of those things from an employer that took great care of me for many years was no, no, not right now. No, no, and more no. Um, And so I tried to kind of go the route of saving the practice and helping other people to have better work-life integration. And at one point, my husband looked at me and said, you're trying to save a sinking ship and you just have to jump. Like you have to get off the ship. There is no saving this ship. It is no longer the ship ship that you should be on. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes you just, you can't, there aren't enough fingers to plug all the holes out there, folks. (laughs) And, And there's a point where loyalty becomes flips from positive to negative and you have to start thinking about kind of like what's best for you and in this situation you tried that's the thing though the the message in my opinion is you made the attempt to make it work for you and did advocate for yourself because had you not done that we wouldn't know the answer is no and that it was time to go move on so i'm curious did you then make a like a job change to something that structurally supported that schedule better? Like what changes did you start to make when you, when you, and when your husband helped you have that aha moment? Yeah. So uh, my husband and my two-year-old daughter helped me to realize that I no longer wanted to stay in that position and model uh, this life for her and show up better for my family. So I resigned um, from a big network and I took a job uh, shortly thereafter, a couple months later at a private office. So in medicine, you are in the system, whether you're private or part of a big network, but in private practice, I have a lot more control over my schedule, my offerings, my hours. Um, There's always politics and that kind of thing, but I have personally more control because there are less people in my position and I'm better and stronger able to advocate for what I do now. So now I work 30 hours a week, and I get paid the same amount of money. <laughs> Love it. And we're going to talk, I have a feeling we're going to talk about values in the future. And I think that probably came into play in that decision as well. Yes, definitely. So where did the coaching business come in? What in like what sparked that? Well, we know what sparked the inspiration, but what really kind of triggered stepping into to that aspect of kind of life and career? My coaching business was born out of the reactions of my closest, nearest, and dearest friends when I quit that job. So I I resigned, (laughs) I gave notice, um, and everyone's head whipped around. Like, what? What are you doing? Are you crazy? Yes. Uh Like, what are you thinking? So the two questions I got most frequently is, how did you have enough sort of gumption or self-respect or boundaries to say, no, it's not okay for you to treat me this way. And if this is the way you're going to be treating members of this team, I'm no longer going to be a part of that team. And in healthcare, we're sort of ingrained that you sacrifice yourself for your patients and for the good of the order. And I just said, no, I'm not willing to do that anymore. So heads turned at that. And then the second most common question I got is, how can you afford to not know where your paycheck is coming from in 30 days when you leave that job. And 
from those questions and conversations with those I was close with and moms in my community, I realized that there wasn't someone saying, hey, you can rock working motherhood without selling your soul, without working 60-hour weeks and missing your kids and feeling miserable, but quote unquote successful. But there wasn't someone telling a story about that or sharing how to get from point A to point B. And I thought, I can do that. I love to talk. Like, why can't I have a podcast talking all about that and sharing about my journey and encouraging other working moms that they are in control of their own story and their own narrative? Oh, cool. So really the po- the podcast was your first action. Yes. So I started the podcast like two weeks after I resigned. I was actually still working there when we published our first episode. And I had thought about it for a while. And then all the things started happening at once. And I realized I don't have to be out the other side of this with all the answers to start talking about it. I like to call it done is better than perfect. Mm-hmm. And the idea that you don't you don't necessarily have to have everything all perfectly lined out in order to, to make the step. But yeah, there's some foundational things there. And as somebody who coaches people around probably uh, solvent finances, you don't necessarily leap without any parachute. Sure. However, it doesn't have to be like perfectly colored and designed yes. necessarily. It just has to be functional. Yep. <laughs> and now a word from our sponsor. This episode of No More Mondays is brought to you by Athletic Greens. As many of you know, I live a very active lifestyle here in the Colorado Rockies, and I'm also gluten-free. So I started taking AG1 because I wanted a quick and easy way to support my gut health and my immunity. I also love a good routine, and AG1 makes it easy to get my daily dose of vitamins. I just pop a scoop in a blender bottle, shake it up, and I get 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, and superfoods during my 22-minute drive to CrossFit. The bonus? Not only do I feel great during my early morning workout, I sleep better and I have more mental clarity, all without breaking the bank because this is just $3 a day. As a climate neutral certified company, I can also feel good about that three bucks going somewhere meaningful. We're partnering with Athletic Greens to make it easy for you to stock up. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash emerging. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash emerging to take ownership of your health and pick the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So uh, as somebody who coaches working moms in in this kind of like time management and and how do you how do you wear all the hats, I'm curious what practical tools you've put in place to manage work, a business, Did I, if I counted right, five kids? Five kids. A husband, a house, like all of it. How do you manage it all? So the first step to figuring out how it can all be managed is deciding that you are not the only person responsible for getting it all done. So if you exist in this world in partnership and you are in a heterosexual relationship and you're female, chances are you are doing way more than your fair share of household tasks regardless of what the incomes look like in your house, which sounds like mom is working, dad is working. Both of them are working hard. Both of them are earning money. And one of them is working harder at home because society has told us that that's the person who should be cooking dinner and signing the kids up for soccer. And so at our house, that sounded like digging into what things am I doing that I am not the singularly qualified adult or child who could take care of these things and starting to offload some of those things to create space for me to exist and for me to start creating and influencing other moms. 
uh, delegation folks that exists in life and and at work. And, you know, I'll throw this like very obvious tidbit out there for anybody, for anybody who knows me, I'm, I'm the 41 year old who has no children. So it's, if you're out there thinking like, what business is Angie doing talking to a working mom about how to be a working mom? I'll tell you this, all of my friends are working moms. And if you spend time with 10 moms of toddlers for very long, you'll know very well that what you're saying, Tracy, is 100% true. And I love the fact that you're like, is there a capable adult or kid in in the building yeah. who can who can take on a task? And then that helps with responsibility early on. As the observer, I definitely see that that statistic rings true that we, you know, we as women just take on so much and and it's not because the other part of the household won't help us because we're not we're not really inclined to ask and advocate for it. Yeah, we're not clear in communicating what we want. We're clear in being mad when we're disappointed that they didn't know what we wanted them to do, even though we didn't ask it. Um, but historically, we're not that great at clearly communicating. I need your help with X today. And this is the part of the podcast where Tracy and I begin to dissect the psychology of the female mind. <laughs> Oh, uh, but that's true. You're just supposed to know, honey. You're yeah. supposed to know that's what I wanted. And uh, I feel like it's for for all the mom friends I have, they've been very empowered and pleasantly surprised when they've asked. Yes, I think we are not giving our partners or our growing children enough credit or enough responsibility. And it's important for them to feel like they have an active role in the running of our household and taking care of themselves and pets. And that's part of being a responsible parent is sending people out into the world who know how to balance a checkbook and make a phone call and feed a dog. All of those things are important. And some of that is okay to be born from the fact that you're overwhelmed. And in order for you to survive, you need to go change out of your work clothes. And so your six-year-old can let the dog out and keep an eye on them while you do that. Speaking of the psychology of the female mind, I I always say that entrepreneurship is the best journey into self-discovery. So I'm curious what you've learned about yourself as you've started coaching other moms on this topic. Oh, what if I learned about my, what haven't I learned? I feel (laughs) (laughs) Yep, there you go. Yeah, I I think I realized that in entrepreneurship and in life, I am an expert at doing things that don't matter to keep from doing the things that really matter but scare me. So I am the most productive procrastinator you will ever meet. Like if I'm procrastinating a task that I don't want to do, I am getting all the other things done because those are easy. And my house is really clean. Yes. Like all the bills are paid, all the things like cars are inspected, all of these things that like are not vulnerable to me at all. But sitting down to write a podcast episode about how if I could go back and redo motherhood again, this is what I would change. It makes me feel scared and sweaty and anxious and my heart is beating. So like I could just answer emails instead. Um, And I think we do that a lot in life. We do a lot of things to avoid the things that are hard or deep or meaningful or just sitting with ourselves and doing the work and the thinking and the introspection because that is harder than some of the other things. But also the sense of accomplishment that comes when you you hear me say it all the time out there, guys, when you eat the frog hmm. is really, really rewarding. And then once you're over that hump, there's a whole new realm of possibilities out there. Yeah. It feels good to actually do the thing. And it feels not good to avoid it with doing all the other things. 
No, it's definitely easier to avoid it. Yeah. But how many times do you wake up in the middle of the night thinking about the thing? Yep. That's my MO. If I, if 2 a.m., if I, if I'm uh, jostled out of my sleep, there goes the to-do list. Yep. <laughs> Scrolling through the brain. So let's give everybody out there some actually like practical advice. So we'll go kind of quasi coaching session. What tools do you and advice do you have for working moms or all parents who are trying to get it done, who are trying to eat the frog and wear all the hats? A really great place to start with that is figuring out what you and your family value in a world that is loud and distracting and is trying to tell you what everyone else values, what you should value, what your mother or mother-in-law or sister or best friend from high school value. And that takes time and energy to step back from your everyday life, kind of delve into what's really truly important to you and what matters more so than quote unquote, my family. Like, what do you want to do with your family? What kind of memories do you want to make? What sort of things are important to you guys when you're spending time together? Because time together looking at devices is not the same as time together camping with no technology. So getting really specific about what matters to you. Because if you can figure out what your core values are, what really matters most to you above all else in this loud, distracting world full of technology, if you can start to use that as the compass that you navigate your life with, whether it's at work or at home, with how you spend your time or how you save or spend or invest your money, that makes all other decisions easier. They're not easy necessarily, but it does give you something to hold up opportunities and things against and say, hey, is this second job? Is this overtime? Is this job change? Is this move in alignment and moving me closer to reflecting these core values in our everyday life? Or is it out of alignment and moving moving us further away from those things that we have decided we value most as individuals, as a couple, and as a family? I think it's a great exercise and we're going to give a shameless plug here in a second, because if mine, if, if memory serves me, you've got a free resource for this, but we talk a lot about this. You know, I have the career benders core values on the door. I see them every, every single day. And that drives the same kind of decision. So is this program in alignment with our values? Is this new initiative or our, uh, who we're reaching our outcomes or the way that we're conducting our business as a team? in line with our values. And I think we're really aware of that from a business level, especially at a very, very high level of of business. You know, you go interview at Amazon, you're getting questions about their 14 core values. And I feel like we're, and and we've started talking a lot about, especially on No More Mondays, when we talk to people who have found a a satisfying way to be employed, it oftentimes is rooted in value Mm. alignment. And I love this idea of just bringing it all together and all the way down at a very personal level knowing your values and how as a family you want to live them and being really intentional about that because it takes conviction to sit down, take the time to set values, but also kind of live by them. And so I think that's a great, I, I totally think that's an amazing place to start. And Tracy, how do people get this free resource in order to do that? Yeah. So if you head to tracybingaman.com slash values, you can download, it's called the core value curator. It's going to walk you through three simple but deep steps to dive into what really matters most to you. And then to start to personalize those values and figure out how you want to reflect them in your life. So it's tracybingaman.com slash values. 
We will link to it in show notes because I have a feeling that's going to be my favorite new go-to core value exercise because I'm a big fan of like the here's 200 core values, start crossing off the ones that don't fit. But this seems like a little bit more straightforward and streamlined approach to drilling down into that. So I love it. Um, if you want to explore your core values, we'll link we'll link that free resource in the show notes so you can check out what Tracy's offering. So that's super cool. Thanks. And uh, speaking of takeaways and freebies, we like to give everybody as many resources and recommendations as possible. So we're going to play a little game called Rapid Fire Recommendations. Okay. What do you think? It's never very fast, so don't get too nervous. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> what is your most memorable travel destination? Uh, we spent 10 glorious days in Italy with zero children on our honeymoon, which for us at the time was a big deal because we were parenting young kids. And someday we will go back with all the kids because we're nice parents like that. And you'll have new memories. Yes. That's so perfect. Give us a great book recommendation. Uh, recently, from a like productivity career standpoint, I have really been diving into High Performance Habits by Brendan Burchard. And what I've realized is I picked it up to be more productive both at work and in my business. And it actually makes me a calmer, more centered better person in my everyday life. And that makes me feel really good. Oh, cool. That's a new one. So Atomic Habits, Eat the Frog, and The Slight Edge are the three kind of like habit forming, habit stacking recommendations mm -hmm. we've had before. But this is a new one. And I'm, I love that kind of stuff. So that's a great recommendation for me. It's very holistic too. Like it talks about work, but it also talks about showing up for your life outside of work and why that matters. So you'll like it. Oh, cool. And what about your favorite movie? Oh, goodness. I am unembarrassed by the fact that anything hallmarky where a big city secretary winds up in a small town and falls in love with the snooty investment banker and they live happily ever after or some version thereof. <laughs> I love it. I love that you are unembarrassed. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Throw on whatever Christmas sweater Candace Cameron yes. Bray yes. and whatever rancher she's going to fall in love with and you're done. Yep. Count me <laughs> I in. I love it. I'm here for it. <laughs> and I know we've got a good one for this next one, uh, a podcast recommendation. Plug your podcast. So if you like podcasts, I have one that you will really enjoy. It's called Fulfilled as a Mom. It is short, consumable episodes that you can listen to between daycare and work. And I talk about everything from time, money, marriage, mindset, um, all of the things that I am honestly learning as I go and stubbing my toe on along the way and sharing what has helped me, embarrassing stories, and all the things about working motherhood. It's called Fulfilled as a Mom. You can find it on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I love that you're so good at the at like the one liners because I love how you said it's like you can listen to it between preschool and work. That's yeah. so perfect. And of course, this is a show about Mondays. So what's the first word that comes to mind when I say Monday? So I gave this a lot of thought and I think I've actually changed my answer a couple of times since we booked this uh, interview. <laughs> this I, is the one question that they get the, the heads up to yes. everybody just so, so you know. When I think about Mondays, I think about a fresh start. And the great thing about a fresh start is that it doesn't actually only apply to Mondays. So pretty much every minute of every day, you have the opportunity to have a fresh start and you get to choose your mindset. So whether you're dreading a Monday and all the things that Mondays bring with them, or you're excited and anticipating the great way that you get to show up and serve in the world, 
that newness, that fresh energy, you can take to your next meeting, your next minute, your next interaction with your family, your next happy hour, wherever you are headed, you get to choose the way that you show up, the energy that you bring. And whether you're bringing that room up or down, that is all up to you, which is heavy, but also awesome. Well, it's also, I think, very true and goes back to something we talked about a little earlier, which is that idea of owning busyness as a as a badge of honor instead of instead of as an like an, an, an intentional way of life, because it means we're always ready for what's next instead of just here and, and, mm-hmm. and in the present. And if you're here, you have the ability to say, I'm going to be here and I'm going to reset and I'm gonna make the most of this instead of slogging through whatever's going on in whatever miserable state of mind you want to be because that doesn't really help anything and make it better either. And it takes so much energy to be oh, in so much bad energy. mood. <laughs> it is. Why? I mean, miserable in a miserable situation. Like what I talk about just walking around with an empty glass. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Ask any parent of a toddler how much energy it takes them to be mad when they're really mad and you will see it reflected in your own behavior and you'll say, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out what that mirror of parenthood will show you, right? Yep. There you go. Mondays are a fresh start, but so is every minute of every day. It's a good message to take out there. Tracy, this has been super cool. I could ask you all kinds of like practical questions and advice and routines. And um, but as we kind of start to wrap things up, I want to make sure everybody can follow along. So we have your URL. We've got the freebie, but go ahead and I will plug everything else again. The podcast is fulfilled as a mom. I love to hang out on Instagram at Mrs. Tracy Bingaman. And my website, if you're curious to learn more about coaching and how you can work with me, is tracybingaman.com. There you go. Every mom out there is now going to <laughs> www.tracy. And it is linked in the show notes at nomoremondays.com, friends. So head on over there and find out more about Tracy and all the amazing things she is out there doing to help moms create more time and space and have a more fulfilling, satisfying, enriching life. Everybody, it's totally possible. And you're listening to it because Tracy not only is a mom and a working mom, but she's a working mom with a business too. So there is a way to do this without completely losing every hair on your head. She's slipping proof. So as we kind of close things out, let's give everybody one last little piece of kind of inspiration. What's your number one piece of advice on what our listeners can do to get one step closer to satisfaction? So I think when we're pursuing satisfaction or fulfillment, that these stories of then I quit my job and I then I totally did a 180, that's like relatively sexy in the coaching world. Like, oh, what a transformation. Yes. But actually, what you can actually do is make really small steps to offload things that aren't fulfilling or satisfying to you and dive deeper or add things to your plate that are going to give you that buzz of anticipation, that satisfaction, and that joy. And also, how can you be intentional about looking for opportunities or um, looking at the world in a way where you see the satisfying things in your life? Because nine positive things happen, one negative thing happens. And the thing that you share at the dinner table is the one negative thing. So how can you retrain your brain to look for satisfying opportunities and to look for things to be grateful for without changing a single thing about your job, your schedule, where you are? And that's something you can do today, no matter what your situation is. 
changing your perspective. It, I mean, what's that terminology? Like the rose colored glasses, changing your perspective can really create a monumental shift in many aspects of your life. Just as you said, Tracy, without actually doing anything other than looking at things in a different way. Mm-hmm. It's such a great, it's such a great piece of advice. And I feel like that's a, an excellent summary for everything that we've talked about. And and I, you and I have a lot of similar perspectives on kind of like practicality of, of life and, and business, because I'm also a big proponent for the fact that there's a way to do all of these things. And it doesn't necessarily mean cutting the cord and jumping off that ledge with no parachute, but small changes over time lead to a much more lasting long-term result than, you know, the cutting the cold turkey or the the crash diets that don't last that we are all very familiar with as women too. And so, you know, small changes can lead to big impact. And I feel like a lot of that is what we talked about today. So this has been amazing. Absolutely. Tracy, thank you so much. I hope all of you out there will tune into Tracy's podcast. I, I'm not a mom and I'm going to listen to it because <laughs> I'm just really curious about kind of where you're stubbing your toe. Cause I feel like all of that realness is really, really kind of fun to listen to and, and just gives everybody good insight. So I'm so grateful for you and coming and sharing your words of wisdom. Tracy, thank you so much for being part of the No More Mondays movement. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. You are so welcome. We always love hearing from people who have successfully navigated their career crossroads and charted a path to success and fulfillment. And there's some amazing advice here that Tracy has to give. She's done that. She's helping others do the same. And that is the ultimate in the No More Mondays movement. And also for our listeners out there, I would love, love for you to subscribe to No More Mondays and leave us a five-star rating. It is a huge help as we continue to inspire confident professionals everywhere with these great stories. If you would like to leave us comments, feedback, guest suggestions, or grab all the show notes and links to Tracy's resources from today's show, visit us online at nomoremondays.info and we'll see you next Wednesday for the next episode drop. Thanks for joining us for another episode of No More Mondays. Tune in next week as we bring you more insights and actions to help you improve your professional life and find career satisfaction. Don't forget, visit us online at nomoremondays.info for all the details, show notes, and recommendations from this episode. No More Mondays, we drop new episodes every Wednesday. No More Mondays is brought to you by Career Benders Inc. in partnership with executive producer Jane Durkee. For more information about career coaching, resume writing, personal branding, recruiting, and entrepreneurship coaching services, visit our website at careerbenders.com. 